0: Join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go.
1: President Biden gave a speech on Wednesday night regarding threats to our democracy, six days before the election, and the tactic he used is fear. Now, why would you do that? Why do so many politicians use fear? Well, fear is a powerful emotion, but we can rely on God to
0: overcome it. Welcome to another episode of Counterthought. As you're well aware, I try to shoot for a
1: Wednesday release, but my personal life, my work life, and everything's been a little bit busy. I've been battling this nagging cough. Hopefully it doesn't flare up during this episode, but this nagging cough, and I pushed back my recording from a Tuesday night for a Wednesday release to being recorded on Wednesday night for a Thursday release. And man, was that A gift. Because President Biden on Wednesday night, November second, gave a speech regarding threats to our democracy. This speech is six days before the election. Next Tuesday, November eighth, is election day. I'm here in Orlando, Florida. Early voting has already started. We're in the second week of early voting. I plan on voting this week, either on Thursday or Friday, in order to lock in my vote and not leaving it up to chance that something comes up on. Tuesday on election day. So I encourage you, if you have not already voted, get out and vote. We want, we as in the Republican party want to win the midterm election so badly, not just badly, but by such a large amount that it is impossible for any kind of trickery or questionable conduct to be able to, overthrow the actual results and the tallies of the election. So go out there and vote. But back to Biden's speech, Wednesday night, threats to democracy. We have heard this before. This isn't the first time he's done a speech like this. He did the famous speech back in September in front of, I believe it was the Lincoln Memorial or maybe it was the Jefferson Memorial. Anyway. With the red background, you know the uplighting, the red uplighting, the Marines flanked to his left and his right in the background. This impassioned speech, you know, but when Biden tries to sound impassioned, he sounds more like he's angry, like he's turned the clock back to to the early to mid 1900s, where you know he's yelling into that big old metal. Microphone and outside in the cold and everything else, it comes across terribly. But he went back to this same playbook, or he and his speech writers, he and his administration went back to the same playbook regarding threats to democracy. So much so that he said democracy 35 times within approximately a 20 minute speech. Do the quick math on that, we're talking about one and a half times per minute, is he mentioning democracy? I listened to the speech live and I sat there thinking to myself, man, he is like saying the same thing 10 to 15 different ways. It wasn't a great speech, not only like from delivery, but just the content of the speech. Because again, you could have taken what he said within the first one or two times he said it and been done. You didn't need the other 10 to 12 different ways in which he said it that there are threats to our democracy, you know, pointing the finger to the, the far right of the Republican Party, or MAGA as he calls it, that those are the threats to the democracy and tying everything back to January 6th, tying about to threats on uh, poll workers and, and all the like. But again, we've seen this before, but why would he and his administration continue to go back to this, this tactic of talking about how Republicans are a threat to a democracy? You would think six days before an election that he would be talking about, you know, his record. He's already going out and campaigning, but he's doing a terrible job with that because he is old. But you would expect that six days before the election, he would give this this speech, you know, talking about how he's trying to bring everyone together. Unity, you know, maybe admit some of the missteps that his administration have made, some of the bad decisions that they have made. And say, you know, that's like, that's on me. That's on us. But we are you know, in this together to improve America. But he didn't do that. His administration didn't do that. That's not the path that they wanted to take. That's not, the, that's not their goal. And why? Because they can't run on his record. There have been numerous instances, numerous candidates that have been questioned during the whole election cycle saying, hey, you know, would you like President Biden to run again in 2024? Or, hey, do you want President Biden to come, you know, stump with you the last couple of months before this election cycle is over, you know, before voting day to really give you that nice boost in the polls? And, you know, all these candidates are are tongue tied. They're like, ah, well, you know, I'm kind of just like, eh, you know, Biden's kind of doing his own thing. And I'm, I'm just a candidate, you know, running for the House or for the Senate. You know, I'm fine if he wants to come and and, you know. Promote me, support me, like that's great, but you know, I'm just kind of like, ah, ah, you know, trying to dodge and dance their way around it because they know that he is pulling bringing them down. His approval numbers are horrendous, they're historically low for a president, <laughs> yes, it's common for the first midterm for the midterm election after you know a change in parties for the president that the party the president represents. It is the opposite party that gains seats in the House and or the Senate. But we're talking about projections to be maybe 40 to 50 seat flip in the House and potentially going from a 50-50 split in the Senate to maybe a 53-47 Republican um, majority of the Democrat Party. And the Biden administration knows this. So, again, why would they go with fear? Well. Fear is a powerful emotion. Extremely powerful. Fear commonly says, Hey, you know, you think about fear. What does fear do? Fear says when you are fearful, that determines your fight or flight, right? You know, are you going to stand up and fight or are you going to flee? Are you going to run? But what fear also does, and this is where i believe it ties into politics not just focusing on joe biden and the democrat party because every polit- or most politicians i would say use fear in some way some is fact based some is some is not but what fear can do to the mind is is a very powerful thing when you are overcome with fear some of the things that that you deal with is that fear makes it harder for you to think. It makes it difficult for you to make clear decisions. It can lead problems regarding or regulating your emotions, not only in that moment in time, but prolonged, um, exposure to fear, like fear, just living inside of you, living within your mind can cause you to have difficulty regulating your emotions Difficulty reading nonverbal cues when having discussions with individuals. You know, oh, maybe that's why whenever opposing parties try to have a conversation, the right now, it seems like the liberal and progressive Democrats want to just shout you down. You know, they can't handle their emotions because they're living in this fear. They can't read your nonverbal cues and they think that you're attacking them when really maybe you're just asking a question. Fear also Uh, makes it difficult for us to reflect before, before we act. And it can also make it difficult for us to act ethically. Let me read that again. Fear. Fear. This is your brain react. So this is how your brain reacts with, with fear. Chronic fear can impact cognitive abilities, making it harder to think clearly or make decisions. It can also lead to problems regulating emotions reading nonverbal cues, or other information presented to us. It also makes it difficult to reflect before acting and acting ethically. And what does this cause? This causes us to be susceptible to intense emotions and impulsive reactions. Fear can also cause you to then be unable to react appropriately or rationally. Now think about that. What does that sound like? Politically, you can see why that would be used, why fear would be used as a tactic. Fear, and I've said this on as a guest on other podcasts, <clears throat> I've said this in different Instagram reels, different TikTok videos that I've made, different lives that I've been on with friends of mine on Instagram. Fear is used as a tactic because of those exact things I just listed off, fear is used to control you. Fear, as I just said, shuts down your rationality, your control of your emotions, your ability to think appropriately or to act appropriately and think rationally, your ability to act ethically. You know, just you want to shut down if you go back to the fight or flight. You might be choosing flight with chronic exposure to fear. And what does that mean? If you're going to, if you're going to fly, if you're going to try to escape, you're looking for someone else to, you know, calm down the situation, to control the situation, to have your back and who's there raising their hand to step in for you for that fear. Politicians, politicians. Politicians that use fear as a tactic are using it to control you. They don't have to use fear. No. Just like in Biden's speech, he didn't have to go with this whole threat to democracy, but that's what his um, administration, his speechwriters felt like would be best in order to continue this control over their base. In order to maybe try to uh, change the minds of those who are persuadable voters to say, you know what? There are, there is a threat to democracy, and you know what? That's more important than standing up for gender affirming care and making that the official platform of the Democrat Party. That's that's more important than you know, no restrictions on abortion and being able to abort up through the ninth month. You know, that's more important than than ending the use of fossil fuels in our country. That's more important than the five million illegal immigrants that have come to our country in the 20 plus months that Biden has been president, you know, that's more important than getting rid of the nuclear family. You know, that's more important than this, that, and the other thing. That is why they use fear. Because fear overwhelms you. Fear causes you to lose your ability to think rationally. And if you go back again, fight or flight, and you choose flight, it is the politician that is there to stand in for you, to take care of all your worries and all your and provide for you, right? That is what they want you to believe. So it's this perpetual state of fear, this chronic fear, and that is why it is used. Biden, again, tonight's speech <clears throat> or Wednesday night's speech, could have come out with a unifying message could have come out with a unifying message to take those same persuadable voters and try to bring them over to his side. But that wasn't the plan. That wasn't what was decided. That wasn't the the plan of attack. Instead, they went with fear. And if you pay attention to all those things that all the, uh, the, the effects of fear on your mind, on your brain, how your brain reacts to fear and look back over the last, two, four, six, eight, eight years within politics. Which party is using fear, non-fact-based fear, the most? It is the Democrat Party. It is the Democrat Party. Because they cannot run on their record. They have abandoned so many of, let's say, Democrats from that existed all the way up through 2008, 2012, completely shifted to the left. Complete shift. Everything has become more radical. Everything has become more progressive. But with fear, I want to encourage you not to give into it. Try not to give in to fear. Take a step back. Realize what is happening. Don't give into to this fear. Think rationally. Have a, you know, a well-adjusted, a balanced response. Engage in discussion with individuals. And how can you do this? You can accomplish this through God. Going back a couple of weeks within a church service of mine, or not of mine, <laughs> of the church I attend, the lead pastor was you know, going through his sermon. And he said something to me that that was very, very profound. It's this whole series about trials, and we're going through James. But what he said was, "Put what you feel, what you feel, under what you know." What does that mean? Put what you feel under what you know. So when you are facing a trial, when you are overcome by fear, do not, you know, in order to not act irrational. In order to start to think more clearly and to get a handle on the situation, take those feelings and try to put them under what you know about God. Put them under what you know about God. We know that God provides us peace and comfort, that God works all things according to his good for those who believe in him. So try to control your emotions and put what you feel, what you're feeling in that moment And instead of putting it above what you know about God, put it underneath what you know about God. Reflect, meditate on what you know about God to calm your fears. And I talked about this going back uh, late in 2021. I think it was around October would have been the date. But it it was episode 23, Faith, Fear, and Freedom. You can go back and listen to it. I had a guest on the episode, Jessica Belton. Uh, episode twenty three again, faith, fear, and freedom. And some of, and the primary takeaway from that episode is the fact that we can overcome fear by faith in order to live in freedom. Some of the key verses that I highlighted in that episode. This is an only audio only episode, so you're not going to be able to find the the video, but uh, audio only version uh, episode twenty three. But some of the things I talked about in that video under underneath the. Um, the subject of regarding faith is that God and Jesus is the Lord of our life. We need to rest in God's peace. We do not need to fear death. We do not need to fear upsetting people. when We stand for Christianity. We need to to take comfort in knowing that God is the Lord of our life and he is in ultimate control, regardless of how everything seems to be unfolding or is unfolding right now in our country and in our world. I mentioned 2 Timothy 1 7, which says, God gives you a spirit of power and self control. So control what you see and escape the fear. I also listed 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Cast all your anxieties upon him, for he cares about you. Psalm 56, 3 through 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in God. Psalm 23, the full chapter. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack like nothing. He gives me rest. He leads me to quiet silence, refreshes my soul. I will fear no evil for God is with me. Joshua one nine, be strong and, and of good courage. Do not be frightened or dismayed. The Lord is with you wherever you go. And I kept on going a couple of more verses. Matthew 6.34, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Meaning go one day at a time, and that's you know all of these are outside of politics. This is just fear, fear as a whole, whether there's whether you are overcome by fear regarding something in your personal life, your job, a decision you have to make, um a disagreement you had with a family member or a friend, you know finances all of these things this goes beyond politics isaiah forty three one fear not for I have Redeemed you. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Psalm 94, 19. God consoles us with love. God consoles us with love. And then the last verse I had within the episode under the topic of, of faith is John 20, verse 19, which says, you know, peace be with you. Now again, the the main takeaway from that episode was that use your faith in God to overcome the fear in order to live in freedom. Freedom, in that case, is a byproduct of of faith overcoming overcoming fear. You need to have a strong faith in God in Jesus Christ to overcome not only the fear but to overcome Satan, to overcome the devil, because he is trying to take everything in your life and turn it into to work for evil, to work for him. Why God is trying to take every circumstance of your life and use it for him, for his glory. So part of fear, you might be believing a lie. You could be believing a lie. You could have fallen for the temptation that comes from the devil. You need to reject that. You need to focus, turn your eyes upon God and ask for his help in resisting the temptations that are coming from the devil. You need to rely on God's wisdom, his power, his goodness. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It is Philippians 4, 6 through 7, not the entire verse, but just the words Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Is inscribed on the inside of my wedding man Philippians four six through seven says, Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, submit your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts, will guard your heart and your mind in christ jesus isaiah forty one ten do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When you are anxious, call out to God and he will comfort you. Yes, sometimes we, need, we go through storms. We go through these, these trials. But when we do, we need to be calling out to God and asking for his help. Again, this goes beyond just the fear-based politics. This is in all aspects of your life. So I want to encourage you, when you are in a fearful situation, when you feel fear overcoming you, turn your eyes to Jesus. Turn your eyes to God. Come back to this episode. You know, look up these verses and remember God's promises for you. He is there for us in these times of troubles. He's there in order to, so we are not overcome with fear. And as my lead pastor said again, do not let your emotions overcome you. You need to take what you know and keep it above what you are feeling. You need to take what you know and keep it above what you are feeling. You need to let the truth deliver you through that trial, through that fear. Do not let the fear overcome you. Do not let it it take over your mind. So with all that being said, vote. By the time you hear this episode, there will be five days or less before voting day. Try to vote early if you can. If you can't, definitely go on election day next Tuesday, November 8th. And remember, vote your values, vote the biblical values, and bring God back into this country because our country needs saving.
0: Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at Counterthought CEO or on Facebook at Counterthought Podcast.